Listen, it's no secret that customers expect the best experience from every business, including yours. Whether it's with customer support or sales or really everything in between, Zendesk products help you give your customers the experience that they deserve. Better yet, qualifying startups can join the Zendesk for Startups program and get Zendesk products free for six months. For six months! That's all of Zendesk, free for six months. Win on every channel with the Zendesk for Startups program. Visit Zendesk.com slash equity to claim your free six months of Zendesk. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to Equity. This is actually an equity shot, something that we haven't done in what feels like ages. An equity shot is when something happens that we get really, really excited about and then we realize we should take it off of Slack and put it on to the podcast. Today, we're going back to the very beginning of the show. We're talking about Tesla, which yes, I know, is not a private company, but if you go back to episode one of Equity, we're talking about Tesla raising a bunch of money because it's a fascinating firm. I have Danny Crichton with me. Danny, how are you? I'm doing good, although I don't think we should call it an equity shot. It's more like an equity joint because I am so high on this high stock price. I did not see that joke coming, but I'll take it. Elon Musk, of course, famously smoked a joint on uh, some podcast. I forget what it was called. But we're here today because Tesla's share price is up yet again, looking like it's going to close at an all-time record high, currently above 9.20 a share, up over 7%. Uh, and we're going to go through the kind of the bullish take here, the bearish take here, what's going on. And also talk a little bit about the fundamentals behind the company and how they've really honestly improved. So, any of you ready? I'm ready. As we said before the show, if you go back in time to roughly, I think it was last June, you could buy Tesla for about $185 a share. And so magically, masterfully, they're up to nearly $1,000 a share. And Danny, you know, when you think about Tesla and its financial improvements over the last couple of years, it's had some, but certainly not to the extent that we're seeing the share price change, right? My impression is that there's some enthusiasm going on here that may not be tied to fundamentals. Well, it's all enthusiasm, right? Like it's all forward multiple expansion here. So I think people are getting really excited about the potential for electric cars, certainly not just in the United States, but around the world. So for instance, I think Singapore just last week said that they want to be the first country to only have electric vehicles in like the next decade or two, right? So th there's these huge initiatives around electric cars. And then you've got batteries, you've got a lot of the supply chain stuff that, that Tesla's in. And then you have just the general I would call it marketing shtick. I mean, I think, you know, we, we, we used to follow NVIDIA quite a bit, or at least I used to focus on NVIDIA quite a bit. And NVIDIA was one of these like retail share stocks. I would call it a Robinhood share, right? Everyone who has a Robinhood account is like following NVIDIA news day to day. And I think that that's been replaced by Tesla. Uh, Tesla for sure. AMD was, was also hot for a long time back in the cryptocurrency boom. There's been a lot of companies that have kind of come and gone, but I think Tesla's probably kind of the granddaddy of them all from that perspective. But throwing out some more data about the kind of the trading world, this isn't actually Tesla's all-time intraday high, if my research holds up. That was actually back in February 4th, when Tesla had an insane range of $833 a share to $968, which I think kind of sets the stage for understanding Tesla's price movements, which is that they're wild. And they seem to be based on competing, warring religious cults, people that are obsessed with Tesla and the future of battery tech and electric cars and getting off of fossil fuels and, you know, loving Elon Musk. And then people who care more about fundamentals, even as Tesla's fundamentals have honestly improved over the last 18 months, uh, quite a lot, you know? No, absolutely. And I, I think what's crazy is if you look at it post 2013, I mean, from 2013 to 2019, the, the stock was essentially flat. I mean, it has ups and downs and typical gyrations, but it, it was sort of a 
a wait and see stock. I mean, what's what's nuts is just in the last couple of months, like four months, it's gone from a low of just below two hundred dollars a share yeah. to now we're looking at it as we're recording at at two. Uh, I'm sorry, nine twenty eight. And so, I mean, we're looking at a four x in three month kind of return profile. I mean, look. We talk about SoftBank Vision Fund on equity all the time, but this this is sort of what they were looking for, right? It's like literally, it's not even a private company. It's a public company. You could have just bought, you know, again with Robinhood. Yeah. I don't think you can actually open a Robinhood account, though, with $100 billion in cash. That would probably break something in the Robinhood uh, landscape. But just to put this in perspective, everybody, of what we're kind of thinking about, we pulled up Tesla's financials. And so we're going to bore you with a couple of numbers, and then we're going to talk about what could be driving kind of today's movement. But the reason why this price movement feels so fantastic and so fascinating to watch is because even though Tesla has improved its, its profitability, its cash position, its cash flow, it hasn't grown that much. And if you go back in time, looking at the year ending, December of 2018, Tesla had total revenues of $21.5 billion, give or take. And then if you look at this last year, it was 24.6. So some growth, to be clear, but certainly not a lot. And in Q4, Q4 of 18, Tesla had 7.2 billion in revenue, and Q4 of 19, 7.4. So just modicums uh, of growth and some improved profitability is, is the difference here. So it could be a mixed shift in what they're selling. It could be optimism about the battery market. And there's a lot of possibilities driving this boom in the value of Tesla. But I'm curious, Danny, what is your favorite of the various hypotheses that are bouncing around? I, I think it's a, a huge expectation around future product lines, right? So if you look at the units delivered by Tesla over the last two years, I mean, Tesla really has expanded, right? It was it, it, just a couple of years ago, it was under 25,000 units a quarter. In, in Q4 2019, at least according to Statista, it was well over 100,000, almost 115,000 units were delivered in that quarter. So it has it has sold more cars, you know, four or five X. So that that's part of the number here. But I think you start to look at, like, say, Cybertruck, which is entering a much more higher margin part of the vehicle market and in the mid to large size semi-trucks. And the, the, I, I think the challenge is, is like, there's this, there's this gap of, like, you know, yes, there were 100,000 or however, however many Cybertrucks were you know, supposedly pre-ordered, Alex? I think it was north of 58 billion, based on how many tweets I had to <laughs> read and endure <laughs> yeah, about exactly. that stupid In terms of excitement, yes, yes. Um, but, you know, the, ch- the challenge is, is that those were not full deposits, right? Like, they, there are no cars to be sold, and they're not going to be cars to be sold for a long period of time. And so I, I think there's just this huge, we're, we saw the same thing with SoftBank, which is there's this huge prediction of like, well, look, assuming everything goes right over the next four to five years, then we will buy into the valuation as if everything was being sold in 2023. Unfortunately, there's so much risk coming up, right? I mean, what's crazy to me is we've been talking about Apple and Amazon and a bunch of others, Airbnb, who've been suffering from coronavirus, but Tesla has a huge Chinese market. I mean, we we were talking about the the Shanghai uh, Gigafactory or Gigafactory for their new battery, uh, which just launched, what, two, three months ago and has now sort of been hit hard by, by the virus. What, you know, what other issues are, is Tesla going to come up with in the next couple of years? That, that to me is a huge open question. Well, the operating point's pretty good. If you look back at uh, Tesla's latest uh, earnings uh, investor presentation, for example, uh, you go to page 18, if you're following along at home, it, they show kind of a rolling 12-month delivery number. And in Q4, their trailing 12 months of deliveries reached over 350,000 per unit. So they've obviously hit material scale, global scale. Uh, and so when you bring up these new models, to me, they've actually proven their ability to do that and build them at increased scale and probably at a similar level of quality, which means that they can launch Model Y, Cybertruck, that really fast roadster that they showed for like four minutes and then never did anything with. Like, put that out, please. I want to go bankrupt. So sell me one. Uh, actually, please don't sell me one. I want to stay married. That's more important. I, I, I hear the roadster does super well in New England winters. 
Yeah, uh, it's designed actually for Rhode Island's uh, narrow and cobbled streets. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think no, the Cybertruck's tank-like atmosphere is what you're looking for for Rhode Island. Yeah, well, especially if I have kids, I'll need those unbreakable windows. Okay, but going back to today and uh, and what's driving this kind of one-day shift in Tesla's stock price that just drove us mad just looking at it, like what's going on. There was a new analyst note coming out. Invesco strategist Tim Horsburgh talked a lot about how the Fed's decision uh, regarding liquidity was helping drive momentum stocks, of which Tesla is, of course, one. Alex Potter, an analyst with uh, Piper Sandler, raised his price target for Tesla to above 900 bucks a share, a little bit late, given that it already is. But hey, you know, better late than having a 199 target, which is what CNN Business uh, noted. And then, of course, there's also some rumors going around that uh, in China, Tesla is tinkering with a new kind of cobalt-free battery, which is supposed to be important, even though I will admit I was bad at chemistry. So a couple of things, kind of a confluence that I've picked up uh, enthusiasm and momentum. And this is the best thing to watch in town. This is like the old Bitcoin, you know, like back, remember back in 17 when Bitcoin was hot and you could watch it every day and it was fun. That's Tesla stock today. I don't know what that means for the company, but I'm having a hell of a time just watching this stuff happen. No, absolutely. And I think, I think you know, let me give you another uh, statistic I would use on this front, which is taking into account a lot of this news, which is uh, the percentage of, of Tesla shares held by institutions is actually pretty low. So it's it's 55%. So as a comp, Apple, obviously a pretty well-known company, is at 63%, right? Yeah. And and in many cases, those institutions have held for a long time. So so Tesla's largest shareholder, Bailey Gifford, we interviewed uh, uh, Charles Plowden, who who heads up the private mar- uh, markets investing at Bailey Gifford for Extra Crunch last year. And he, they've been in the company for more than a decade, if I recall. And And part of what I think the magic is for Tesla is you have this base of very long-term asset holders who, who believe in the company and have been holding for a long period of time. And then you have this huge controversy in the retail market of people saying, well, do, do I see it going to a thousand? Do I see it going even higher? Right. And so the, the, the debate between long and short ends up driving so much attention to the shares that it's, it's the dinner party stock conversation that you're hearing. Well, Elon Musk adds a bit of a carnival atmosphere to it. You know, Elon Musk uh, and, and Grimes, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, Elon Musk and this and that. I mean, He's become a celebrity in, in such a way that it's rare to see in the relatively buttoned up world of business. I mean, I mean, not to bring up WeWork just, you know, onerously, but like Adam Newman had a touch of the celebrity to him in the same way that Elon Musk does, though a fraction of what Elon has. And normally we see people when they become wealthy and, uh, and powerful retreat into their shells, a bit like the, uh, the Google founders and how they kind of step back from the public light uh, incrementally and now entirely even from their own company. Elon doesn't give a shit, you know? Elon will throw a rock at his truck, and if it shatters the window, he'll just do it again. I mean, talk about <laughs> different. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's entertaining. On a more serious note before we go, Danny, uh, one other thing we didn't touch on that could be driving enthusiasm, sentiment, and share price surges is uh, Tesla's solar panel stuff. And I, I say stuff because I'm reading today that the solar roof that they brought out years ago and never really kind of put on the market is is ramping up. And so we're seeing Tesla differentiate not just in the automotive space, but also outside of that in the in the electricity generation and storage space, which some people believe could be a huge growth um, opportunity for the company. And I don't know how you feel about solar, but I think that's probably true. I think it is probably I think the off. economics have gotten a lot better for solar. And I, I, again, I think I think the magic of the share today is do you believe in each of the expansion opportunities for each of these different business lines? And I think, I think when you, you, let me give you a comparison. Bombardier, a Canadian company who used to make snowmobiles, 
expanded into planes, trains, jets, and all kinds of other categories over the last couple of years. And just this yep. morning announced that it was selling off its train business to Alstom, the French large uh, train uh, manufacturer. And and really, it was a story of uh, overexpansion, right? Here's a company that sort of got out of what it knew what to do. It got into jets, it got into trains, it got into all these different spaces. And so the question is, is you know, do you believe in the Musk magic? I mean, that that's sort of the bet that everyone has to believe in, which is, look, it's not just going from, t- you know, Model 2 to Model 3. It's not just going to Cybertruck. I mean, it's still a car at the end of the day. Now you're getting into solar panels. Now you're getting into battery construction for not just homes, but also at like, you know, nation state scale kind of battery technology. And I, I, all these are just, you know, the technical risks add up, like every single one of these is a completely new product. And so I think, you know, that's the bet that everyone has to make. And that's why it's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. But the thing all throughout there is that when it comes to Tesla, it, it feels less of a Musk bet than it used to be because the company no longer bleeds so much cash. And once you stop bleeding cash and can begin to generate material, consistent operating cash flow and free cash flow, a more strict metric. You're really in control of your own destiny and you have more space to make mistakes. Before, it always seemed like Tesla was on a tightrope. If they missed this launch, that factory blew up, that tech didn't sell, whatever, that was going to be the end of the company. They made a series of all in bets if you're a poker player. It was my impression watching the company for years. Now, with trailing operating cash flow positivity and free cash flow positivity, the company's kind of okay. It generated over the last four quarters over a billion dollars in free cash flow. You know, and it just, I believe, did a, a placement of shares for a couple of billion at a very high share price, which is super smart, uh, you know, getting in while it's hot. So, you know, the first thing that we learned on this show was Jason Limkin telling us that Elon Musk is better at raising money than anyone else in the history of the world. He said he's able to go out there and get cash. And here again, he's doing it twice. Once from actually running the company at last and two from the share price surge. So, Tesla is in the best shape it's ever been. I don't know if it's worth $920 a share, but the days of uh, 420 funding secured certainly are behind us. And Danny, I'll give you the last word. I think the the, the thing to pay attention to, again, is I think Musk is the magic here, but but it goes beyond that. I, I do think marketing, if you look at GM, Ford, you know, the large automobile manufacturers, a huge part of their cost structure is marketing, right? Like the amount of money you, you see it when you watch a super, you know, the Super Bowl, you see this when you watch different kinds of sports games. You know, there's massive marketing budgets to to push cars off the dealership. And and Tesla has this magic with a person who basically gets free advertising. You know, every single day on the business pages, on the front cover of magazines, you're seeing Musk, you're seeing Tesla, all that is free, free business. And so, again, you have cool cars, you have this great marketing, you're not paying for any of it, you have free cash flow. It's clearly a more stable company than it was a couple of years ago. And there's these huge kind of expansion opportunities on the horizon coming up. You know, add that all up together, I understand the longs. I also understand the shorts, but we'll, I guess we'll sort of see where it all comes together in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And by the way, good call out on the uh, the importance of free marketing for Tesla as we're sitting here <laughs> squeezing in an extra equity episode just for fun on Tesla because we found it so entertaining. So it's not nefarious per se. It's just if you care about finance and markets and companies and growth, you can't not be watching this. So, all right. Well, on that note, uh, Danny, thank you as always. Uh, Chris on the mics, thank you for keeping us together. Everyone, we'll be back uh, Friday morning with a regular equity episode about private companies, not public ones. But in the meantime, I don't know. We'll be watching Tesla. So stay cool. And we'll talk to you soon. See Bye. you soon.